on, you got, you got to seize the goddamn gap. People are so goddamn inefficient. Oh, goddamn it! I don't care if you're old, seize the gap! Hey, man, I gotta get going. I have some friends from my fantasy league coming over, so I should mm. find my ride. Hey, I like sports, too. Yeah, I do, but I've never really engaged with the fantasy element of it. I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game. You know what, John? Cancel your ride. I'll drive you to your fantasy. Thanks, man. Yeah. And daily fantasy makes every game matter. Welcome to Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. I'm Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, MD, Master of said surgical arts. I'm here with my main man and co-host, Magnum Mills, to break down all things fantasy football. Mills, tell these peeps what we got in store for him this week. Hey, I'm, the year's going fast, but easy on the peeps. It, it ain't Easter yet. And to be honest with you, I'm not even sure that that Easter Bunny's real. I've heard that he, in fact, might be a guy in a suit. Speaking of early, what I want to talk about here is some best ball leagues because they're the most popular format to do early in the year, especially something this early outside of Dynasty Leagues, which we discuss on Nine Guys. And best ball has really been growing in popularity over the past few years, especially. It's been growing exponentially. There are now multiple sites that offer it. There's different formats for it. So what we're going to do real quick is kind of break down the basics and then take a look at kind of the early ADPs, the average draft positions of some of these best ball leagues that are already drafting, believe it or not. Wow. That does, in fact, sound like a plan. Why don't you go ahead and explain what a best ball league is, Magna Mills, and how it differs from regular balls or regular fantasy leagues? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know that two, there's any two balls that are the same, really. But as far as the formats here, you, you've also probably heard best ball referred to as draft masters. Both have a similar concept in that being that basically what happens here is you draft a team of dudes and that's it. Every week, the computer sets the best possible lineup out of the dudes you have. Whoever gets the most points at the end of the season wins. There's no head-to-head matchups. There's no setting a lineup. There's no waiver wire. There's no trading. Nada. And don't get me wrong. There are best ball leagues, like say best ball dynasty, where they do have uh, acquisitions and trades, but you still do not set a lineup every week. That is the key to best ball is the computer picks your best lineup for you, hence the best ball name. And it's just up to you, you know, if you want to build a team with seven quarterbacks, go for it. You only have one quarterback. That's cool too. It's pretty much choose your own adventure here. And the main difference is in a lot of these leagues, now they're going away from having kickers and defenses. I believe in the formats we're looking at tonight, uh, the best ball tens does still feature a team defense special team, but that's it. No kicker whatsoever. And on the FFPC sites, it's the slim best ball format. So again, no kicker, no defense. And you know what? Not really complaining about it. And the other main thing here is that you will have best ball leagues, which is exactly like it sounds it's a league with you 10, 12 teams, whatever you play against each other. Winner takes almost the dough. A tournament is basically a group of leagues where you kind of play out the league and either then the top team or two moves on to like an overall bracket type format to compete for a larger prize pool. It's an interesting format, Magnum Mills. Interesting indeed. And, you know, look, man, I want to believe that. I'm Jamie G. Esquire the fifth, dude. I've got an awesome Bill shirt on. Like, do I really need a computer to set my best lineup? But then I started thinking about it. And based on last season, maybe I do. It might be for the best here. And, and Magnum Mills, I know this sounds nuts. And people are like, what the hell? Are, are they really Drafting best ball leagues now? Why? It's February. Here I stand. February 23. Like, 
it's still February. Why are you drafting this early, Magnum Mills? Well, the definite of degenerate is something we're not going to get into right now. Uh, seriously, there are reasons other than, I mean, strictly like a best ball 10 league, it's $10. You can do a slow draft where it's eight hours maximum between picks. It's emailed. So for $10, you could have some fun drafting for a week or something, call it some entertainment. Realistically, though, there are a lot of edges that can be gained here this early in the offseason because a lot of shit has to happen. One of the major things will be the draft. Rookies are almost always undervalued in pre-draft best ball leagues. They always go up a couple of rounds in terms of ADP post-draft, especially the, the higher end guys can somehow wind up being, you know, late first, early second round picks. Even we've seen over the last couple of years and we have free agency coming up where a guy lands or moves might make a ton of difference. Like think about what's going to happen should like the Packers franchise Devontae Adams, but Aaron Rodgers retires. You know, that's all of a sudden, not only is Rodgers out the board now, but how is good is Devontae Adams really going to be with Jordan Love throwing him the ball? And then, you know, the main two downsides here, one, there's injury risk. It's almost guaranteed if you're drafting this early, somebody drafted in the first three rounds is going to be out for the season before it starts. That's just the nature of the beast and kind of that's the deal, though. If you wind up on the good side of that, going to help your odds out a little bit. And the other thing is, you know, if you're putting cash down now, in late February, you're not going to get paid out until mid-January next year. So you are letting these people hold your money for damn near a year without any interest. But again, unless you're investing, you know, thousands of dollars, I wouldn't worry about the opportunity cost there too much. But again, once you do join these leagues, you're, you're committed until the end of the 2022 NFL slash fantasy season. Wow. Now, Magnum Mills, I think it's time to look at how people are approaching these leagues. I mean, because let's face it, here on Seize the Gap Fantasy Football, we want to win. We are winners, and we want to have everyone who's tuned in to listen and or watch the Seize the Gap Fantasy Football show win as well. Yeah, well, right before we get into the ADP, I think we should probably just kind of just do like kind of some basic strategy stuff here to kind of give some context to the ADP. And really here, the, the biggest difference is up top are going to be what we call the onesie positions. Those are generally a position you only need to start one of. In most cases, that's a quarterback or tight end. If you are in a super flex format where you can start more than one quarterback, the deal is basically you need to start as many quarterbacks as possible and you're going to have to draft them. I mean, like stupid early in a super flex league, you're going to see maybe, I don't know, seven to 10 quarterbacks we drafted in the first round. Whereas in a one quarterback league, you will not see a quarterback drafted in the first round. So drastic difference in those formats. You also need to pay attention to tight end premium formats. That's especially common at the FFPC. Whereas, you know, in a typical PPR league, a player receives one point per reception in a tight end premium league. In this case, the FFPC, a tight end gets 1.5 points per reception instead of just the one that everyone else gets to try to make up for a little bit of, you know, the fact that the tight end position is, how do you say, you know, not great, Bob. And you have to know these kind of things. You need to know, obviously, what your starting lineup is. You, you know, is it one quarterback? How many receivers do you have to start? How many flexes are there? You should know that in every league, but especially in best ball, because that will affect your composition when you're drafting. How many of each position do you draft? Because again, once you do it, you're locked in. You can't be like, oh, I didn't draft enough wide receivers. I better pick up some. Can't do that. And what you hear a lot here is zero running back is all the rage. You hear about it in season long leagues, but especially in best ball. It's very common. What that basically means is you try to load up at wide receiver and the onesie positions. So a lot of times you might not draft your first running back until, I don't know, maybe the fifth or sixth round or, you know, in a less drastic standpoint, say maybe you take one running back in the first four rounds and then you don't circle back around to the position. You're more likely until eight, nine, ten, you know, the mid to late rounds in that area. 
in I would say you know round ten in the you do have deeper formats and shallower formats here. I would say the shallow one for a best ball is usually twenty man roster, so you're drafting twenty players, twenty round draft. At the deeper end, you'll see them go up to twenty eight to thirty rounds. In that case, you're drafting a lot of guys. You know, those are the kind of leagues. NFFC has some of those where it's like a 32-round league and you have kickers and defenses. You're drafting like three kickers, three defenses. So know what kind of league you're getting into and pay attention with it. The other thing is this early in the year, you're generally going to do what's called a slow draft. You're used to going in the draft room, pick, you wait a minute, next dude's up. You still go to the draft room, but the thing is you pick, and the next guy usually has hours to pick. And when you get an email when you're up and you can go in pick right away if you're ready, if you're at work, you got to wait a bit. You have usually four hours, eight hours, whatever, to make your pick. That's why it's called a slow draft. They can move along fairly quickly sometimes. But again, people have life, kids, stuff like that. So they will take a bit longer to go, ha- you know, to happen. But also means you can do a draft even if you don't have 90 minutes to sit there and do one, you know, right all at once. Great, great, great insight there, Magna Mills. This is valuable content for the people. He's basically the people's champ. Now, now that we got a baseline here, man, hit us with a little bit of that ADP, baby. Give us, give us some of that data. What are we looking for here? All right. And we'll start out with what our, you know, best ball 10 leagues are called in that because they used to be called NFL 10. They were put on by my fantasy league. Now they're done by uh, this. Uh, it's a, they have a portfolio of different things that they do. They have a league safe under there, NFFC, a couple other things. You can find them at bestball10s.shgn.com. And here we're just going to look at real quick the top 24 players going in their kind of standard best ball league. Again, this is a one-point PPR league. You start three receivers, two flex, one quarterback, one tight end, two running back. And it's a 20-man roster, and you do have to take a team defense. Uh, Good thing, no team defenses in the first uh, two rounds, thankfully. We'll just go from 1 to 24 here. Going to go fairly quickly through these. You have at 1.01, Jonathan Taylor, 102, Derek Henry. 103, Cooper Cup, 104, Austin Eckler, 105, Christian McCaffrey, 106, Najee Harris, 107, Devontae Adams, 108, Justin Jefferson, 109, Jamar Chase, 110, Delvin Cook, 111, Tyreek Hill, 112, Travis Kelsey, 201, Debo Samuel, 202, Javante Williams, 203, Joe Mixon, 204, Stephon Diggs, 205, DeAndre Swift, 206, A.J. Brown, 207, Nick Chubb, 208, Josh Allen, 209, Alvin Kamara, 210 Mark Andrews, 211 DK Metcalf, and 212 CD Lamb. So that's the first two rounds here. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you didn't get a chance to write them all down. That's why I did put them in an email in front of you, JBG. Is there anybody in particular, like who's the first guy that maybe jumps out to you here as maybe being like you're surprised they're going so high or thinking they're maybe going a little bit too low? Well, you know, I, I thought it was interesting to see um, Mark, Mark Andrews right at the top of the second round there. I mean, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey, he's kind of become that that second um, tight end. And I, I think at times last year he outproduced. So that was kind of interesting to see him there. And it just shows you that tight end remains kind of top heavy. Another one that kind of jumped out to me as being um, a little bit on the high end was was Austin Eckler and, and Christian McCaffrey. I guess Christian McCaffrey because you know, he's just been unreliable the last couple of seasons. Austin Eckler, maybe that's just me undervaluing his usage in that offense. I, I think maybe that's just a combination of, of that. But th- those things off the top surprise me. Um, and, and I guess the, the fact that they're putting more uh, reliance on the running game here, you know, having Taylor and, and Derrick Henry one and two, respectively, and then Cooper Cup at three. Yeah, you're seeing, you know, the 
you know, four of the actually five of the first six players off the board being running back. So there is still that tendency to go running back early. And I'm kind of surprised that after the season he had Cooper cup, isn't sneaking up to the 1.01 a little more often, yeah. especially in a league like this, where you have to at minimum start three wide receivers. I do think that Delvin cook at 110 there, the end of the first round scares me a bit. He does still have a legal situation hanging over his head. You could say the same thing about Alvin Kamara now at the back end there of the second round. If he were to miss half the season, it, you know, in the best ball league, it's a lot different because it's on total points than in a season long league where you might be willing to sit on him for half a season, really going to knock him down there. Uh, Josh Allen is not really a surprise as the first quarterback off the board to me, but I am a little surprised to see him going at the back end of the second round here. And I, I fucking love Javante Williams, but man, dude, second pick of the second round for you. If Melvin Gordon is still there and they don't get Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be really tough to him to pay that off. If he's, you know, he needs to be in a situation where he is more or less the guy, or at least he's getting all the passing game work in the red zone work, similar to what Eckler gets, even if Gordon's stealing some carries. So I love the talent there. And especially if they do get Rogers and he either gets, you know, kind of promoted to the guy or they get rid of Gordon, he could pay it off. He could be a top five running back even, but there's, you know, if that doesn't happen, then he's probably relegated. He should be down there probably in that, you know, JK Dobbins range or something like that. A little bit surprised to also see Nick Chubb be low down on that list. I, you know, I think, I think Javante Williams and him, Absolutely. I think you could probably put him above Cook as well. Um, and, you know, I think, again, Najee Harris, depending on who they get at quarterback, yeah, he's going to get all the volume, both passing and running. But that's, you know, that's interesting, too, that high. I guess it was just his sheer volume and what he did as a rookie last year that kind of catapulted him into, into you know, number six overall in the first yeah, and even going down through here, that running back position is going to be, you know, very fluid with guys like we saw like Cam Akers who came back late. What will happen with Aaron Jones, depending on the Aaron Rodgers situation. Saquon Barkley right now is going in the third round. He, there's a new coaching staff there. There are some rumors that they might consider trading him. You know, it, is Zeke Elliott really washed? He's getting pushed back to the late third, early fourth round. It, you know, Elijah Mitchell, same thing, kind of in that range. It's usually a little bit of dead zone for running backs, but if he really is the 49ers guy, he's probably being underdrafted a little bit there. You might be able to bump him back. You know, you can maybe make the argument putting him in that Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift kind of range there based on the work he got for the 49ers last year. Yeah, th this is this is an interesting list nonetheless. And Magna Mills, is that it? I thought well, there were real quick before before yeah, before we move on here, I just want you make you play a little guessing game. Like, what do you think the, the ADP is of Gabriel Davis? Do you think he gets a significant amount of lift based on now he's going to be the number two wide receiver in this offense? And then three, and then also the fact that he had that huge, massive game uh, and really an outstanding playoff run, but that huge game against the Queefs and in, in the divisional round playoff game. Yeah, he'll get a bump, especially in earlier drafts like this, where it's still really fresh in everyone's memory. Part of that depends if they do – it seems like Sanders will walk. Do they also let Beasley walk? And then what do they do to replace him? If they go and they spend some money on a wide receiver, maybe not so much. I do think that Davis is probably better suited for best ball because I think he's going to be a bit inconsistent week to week. But when he has big games, the man has big ball games. That he does, dude. He produces when it matters. Let's hope that continues. Magna Mills? We've already saw a couple of sites here um, that, that have opened up drafts. Any, anyone else that, that's on the list? 
Yeah, I've already referred to it. It's it's FFPC. They've been around forever. Play a bunch of stuff with them. They host the football guys tournament. They have a big football players championship contest. Over here, they're hosting what's called their Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. It's at myffpc.com. This is a deal where it's $125 to enter. Again, 20-man roster, no kicker defense. Just start one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, two flex. It is tight end premium, which, like I said before, means you get 1.5 points per reception for tight ends. And this is a tournament, which means you're in a league with 11 other teams, 12 team leagues, and you play a regular season from weeks 1 to 14. At that time, the two highest scoring teams move on. They play in playoffs weeks 15 through 17. And that's it. Whoever scores the most points walks away. And this is more of a progressive jackpot. So, you know, this is off the top. And I think it's a $25,000 prize or something like that. So, you know, a little bit more chunk of change than you're getting for your league. And there will be in total um, 1,152 teams, like I said, in the 12 team leagues. And this closes either when it's full or on April 18th. And this will fill up sooner than that. So if you want to jump in, I will jump in sooner than later. Sooner rather than later. So this is what you're talking about when you say the tight end premium and a tournament versus a league. Yep. So that's why I just wanted to make it clear right there with that. Again, the tight end premium, it's still a PPR league. It just means that the tight end gets more points per reception than everybody else. And again, a tournament is just basically league winners going on to play each other for an overall prize. And we've got some ADP data for the FFPC, but it's really pretty similar for the most part, with generally the exception of the tight ends because the tight end premium. So that's just kind of something I want to point out real quick. You see Travis Kelsey, pretty much the same here, on average going off seventh as the first tight end off the board. Pretty close to where he was going over on the best ball tens. Mark Ingram bumped up a little bit higher here. 2.04. So he's going at that beginning of the second round as opposed towards the end. And then here you see Darren Waller sneaking into the back end of that second round. And it did surprise me a little bit. You see Saquon Barkley getting a little bit of a bump here where he's going more of as a late second round pick than a late third round pick. And then the, the biggest difference that ju- jumped out at me here is Josh Allen is going in the late third round over in the FFPC, which is basically a full round later than the best ball tens, despite the fact that they're both you know, 20 man roster, one quarterback league. So, you know, I mean, that's probably, it's still probably too late for Josh Allen, right? I mean, you're going to wait. That's where you're going to do your draft. Like, oh, I can get Josh Allen for cheaper. I guess I'm doing all my leagues over here. Yes, way too late. And, and matter of fact, it's way too early. Keep pushing him down the board. Magnum Mills, is he, is he still the first quarterback off the board? Yeah, still. And I'm pretty comfortable with that because he has both that rushing upside and that passing upside, which gives him both a high floor, very high ceiling. Really, I don't know how you can really argue him with him right now is the QB one overall. Yeah, you can't love the guy so much and look forward to seeing him back on the field soon. Magnum Mills. I can't believe that we're already talking about 2022 fantasy football in February, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it, bro. I kind of dig it. I mean, that's how we roll here on the Joe Blow football show. Seize the gap fantasy football, perhaps drafting early best ball leagues is one way that we can seize the gap. I liked how you, uh, you know, you worked in the can you digs it over there as a boy. I'm surprised he doesn't got the, the digs on the back of the jersey, especially after he did his little uh, table dive catch or whatever at the pro ball. The, the Bills Mafia seemed to like that. And like the man said, this is Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. You can find our podcast by searching for Seize the Gap Fantasy on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And we're on social media at Seize the Gap FF. 
the Joe Blow Football Show is on social media at Joe Blow Show, and you can find all of their content at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. Please remember, like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff helps us out, and we really like to interact with you. If you have any feedback you'd like to send more directly, you can hit us up at SeizeTheGapFF at gmail.com. I'm Magnin Mills. He's Jamie G. Remember, if you want to be a consistent winner in fantasy football, you need to seize the gap and stop being so inefficient. Seriously, we don't care if you're old. Seize the goddamn gap. This has been the Seize the Gap Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the Joe Blow Football Show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Any views or opinions expressed here are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations who may or may not be associated with the Joe Blow Football Show. If you have any questions, please contact us at SeizeTheGapFF at gmail.com. SeizeTheGapF is in Frank, F is in Frank at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and comment.